Michael Brown never had his hands up, never said, don't shoot. He admitted it. I'm watching these protests. I'm still hearing protesters say, hands up, don't shoot. Aren't you? White silence is completely offensive. And so when we don't hear our leaders speaking about the atrocities that are happening to those who are standing in protest, we have a problem with that. On the most extreme use of force, officer-involved shootings, we find no racial differences in either the raw data or when contextual factors are taken into account. What was so scary about angry black and white and brown people getting together and saying, stop killing, killing us. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult when there are just so many external pressures to say what you believe. And this was an instance where I felt like my silence would have been better in the beginning. But the more that I think about it, I realize that we are being sold a lot of lies and at the detriment to the black community, at the detriment to the white community, and at the detriment to America as a whole. So I um, want to come out and say uh, that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. It is so good to see you guys, hear you guys. I'm looking straight at him. Everybody that's watching, I'm looking straight at him. That's why I can see them. What? Welcome to Theology Unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep that in there, though. Keep that all in there. I like it because it's unplugged. We That's don't right. edit. We do not edit around here, do we? No. We're too, it, we're, the reason why it's unplugged is because we're too lazy to edit. I edit That's myself where it started. to make myself sound better than I actually do. So, yeah, but we I'm don't have, You never told me that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Huh. How what fake. can you do for me? I, I record stuff. What can you do for me? You are noticing what Carrie has done for me. That is sheer vanity. Yeah, it is. I, I take... Um, yeah, I take everything you say out of context. Is that why every time I hear Theology Unplugged, my voice is a lot deeper and more authoritative? No. It's because you always sound wrong. <laughs> you, should, you know, with those skills, you yeah, should... Every time, I, you every time I start to make a fool out of myself, you make me go deeper. Oh, so I, it sounds I, better. I, I, you I should be lower more, and I deeper. I increase the volume. <laughs> Can you slow them down like... <laughs> well, listen, obviously we're all here talking to you in studio and we're excited to talk to you about this uh, current talk. Are we excited to talk about it? It's it's almost like a... That's the wrong word. Yeah. Anxious? No. Well, we're eager to... We need to. We feel to. compelled. Yeah. We're, we're there we eager go. to discuss it because it's so such a yeah, important yeah. issue and we need to th be thinking very well on this. It is, and it's something that has uh, been a part of our nation for a long time. Obviously, we are sitting here and we have been going through this stuff, discussing this stuff for a long time. And um, as we as we bring this to you, it is, it is not thoughts necessarily so much that we've come to the conclusion on, but as the discussion has unfolded, we, we feel like we have something to say. Now, 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 obviously, we're sitting here and, and everybody's going to know what we're talking about whenever I say this, but we're sitting here and we're three white people and two white guys who are, you know, supposedly the least able to say anything. But I feel as if I've got something to say and I feel like I am able to 
and my voice also needs to be heard. Now, that's going to sound very controversial, and I'll get to it in a little bit, but my voice, your voice, everybody here's voice needs to be heard, and simply because we have got to be in the conversation. So we're here, and we're giving a part of the conversation. We've listened to the conversation for so long, whether it's through the media, through other people, through Facebook, through YouTube. We have been listening to the conversation, and so often I've been told, just to be quiet. You can't talk. All you can do is listen. And to me, I'm like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not to understand anything that I'm listening to. I'm not to uh, in, engage with it at all. I just sit here silently and take, you know, whatever it is that you give me. I mean, in what, what history of the world has that ever been? Now, it may come to the conclusion that I need to listen in order to feel and understand people's positions. Yes. Uh, but in order for me to get that, I need to engage a little bit. I need to, I need more information. That's why for the last week I've been going to everybody and saying, hey, can you explain this to me? Can you help with this? All of my friends that are white and black, hey, where do you think of this? And where, where, where should I go with this? Now, having said all that, <laughs> to preview what it is we're talking about, we need, we need to deal with the issue that uh, has, what, how long ago was it? Uh, with George Floyd? Yeah, George Floyd. Um, was it a week maybe? No, it's two weeks Couple ago. Weeks. I think. Was it full two weeks ago? Almost, I think. Two weeks ago, George Floyd was killed by cops in a in a horrible way. You yeah. Know? I mean, on TV, everybody's seen it. I don't know if you've been able to get through it. I can get to the very last, but I can't I, watch I, it anymore. I, I can't watch. I have not been able to watch the video. Yeah. I, I just uh, there are trusted sources that. I've read their account of it, and that's sufficient for me. I cannot bring myself yeah. to watch it because it's like watching a snuff film, if you ask me. You know, yeah. but yeah. You know, well, carry well, it's, on. It's a terrible thing that's happened. It's a terrible thing for us um, to to see going on to any human being. But uh, what it what it is en enacted is a is a big cultural war that's going on, and literally, there there is a cultural war at foot. Yeah, and. Whenever we look at this stuff, we we've got to start by recognizing the, the the difficulty that we come at this with because we do feel so much for you know all those people that are hurt by this and George Floyd. I mean, did not deserve to die like that. Uh, but at the same time, we're immediately being told, "Here's how you're supposed to react. Here's what you're supposed to do. Here's here's all the here's all the measurements we've laid out and and you're to follow." And we're thinking about these things. We're saying, should we follow them blindly or should we think through the things? And so the thing is, we've got to define define what it is that's going on, the problem, maybe. Define what it is that are, what was I said? What did I say earlier? The three problem, solution, how we're supposed to engage with Christians. Yeah. Or, uh, something better than that. But yeah. that, that that's good enough. We're we're to take this, we're to define what it is that's going on because I don't want it to be too broad or, you know, we'll just go on forever and we'll cover things we've already covered. Right. But specifically, what is the issue today that's creating such uh turmoil or maybe what's the trigger that brought it about? And what is the communicating message within our culture that is going on that is that is continuing this? And and what are what are each side saying? And then how do we as Christians respond to that? So maybe one of you guys want to talk about what it is that's what it is that's being asked of culture that's causing such a problem. Okay. Well, for starters, I'm not exactly sure what's being asked. This is <clears throat> this is one of the first 
problems with trying to figure this out is a lot of what's going on in the streets is just frankly way too vague. You know what I mean? It's, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's slogans. Um, it's sort of like, um, if you think of most of the mantras of big movements, they're not specific. They're not meant to be. You, you don't fit an entire platform and, you know, full list of demands on a, on a placard and hold it up. But there should be, it should exist somewhere, right? So yeah. I, I, you know, when I hear all this stuff, you know, it's like, um, we need to fix all the systemic racism. Well, your first thing is, well, heck yeah. If, if the systems are unjust or rigged or keeping some people down and they don't, you know, they're, they're impartial, that's immoral, that's unbiblical, that's totally wrong. Let's fix it. But now I have to ask, show me where so we can. And you never get around to where. And for some of them, when I've asked them, they will say, they will cite a reality, and then they will simply say that reality is the systemic racism, such as this. Um, <clears throat> you know, incarceration rates, um, poverty levels, drug use, or whatever, you know, name a number of the. Even COVID, <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, was what, what is death COVID? Or, What's that? I forget. Like, COVID, oh, right. Any disproportionate, <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah. I think murder hornets were carrying COVID on their wings. I can't <laughs> right. remember now. Yeah. That was a and long so, time ago. <clears throat> and so I still need the dots connected, though. You see what I mean? I yeah, still yeah. need yeah. to see, okay, so if more non-white people are having to suffer the sickness of COVID and are having to suffer more drug use... And name all those things. And if that is because of something, some rule that was written wrong, some policy that's not fair, let's get to it, man. Let's change so, it. Some embedded reality within all of us that we have to. That's have the out. missing link. And so, and so, it's either vague or it's absent. Like I don't know what to do, right. or it's t or it jumps to totally unrealistic demands, like the, the like here's the cure. Defund the police. Right, yeah. abolish capital. That's not right. a cure. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let's first off say, now when we we ask people for examples of systemic racism, so so systemic racism is what we're well, right, grabbing a hold of right, right now. At the point, but it was triggered point. by the but, the event that right. happened with so, uh, with Floyd. Right. So the thing is, though, what we have to say, like when we're asking questions about examples of systemic racism and people would point to you know what happened to george floyd as an example of that um and in, there's a lot of questions that you have to ask is there any evidence that it was racially motivated or is it just happenstance that it was a white cop and a black black victim um but but when when they say when they say systemic they're talking about going back centuries that that's where the system started and that's something that, you know, as Christians, we should, you know, we need to know how to navigate that. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To say that it started with slavery. And then when, you know, the 13th Amendment was passed um, that abolished slavery. But then after that, there were, you know, ultimately leading to, you know, laws of like Jim Crow South. And then decades later, you have the civil rights movement and there seems to be some sort of, you know, it, it progress. But then even still... Decades after that, you have the three strikes and you're outlaw and you have all the, you know, increased incarceration. And all of these are examples of a system that has been put in place 
to oppress black people. Now, the question is, is that accurate? You know, do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? So if we deal with what is being described as systemic racism, and then we look to see what they say the examples are. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like to know y'all's thoughts on that. Like what is described as the actual system, which is, you know, slavery to Jim Crow to, you know, increased incarceration. See, this is what what you have to get a grip on about what, if you ask a lot of the angry protesters, you know, what what are you mad? If you say to them, I'm not racist, um, part of their answer will be, well, deep down in a almost, in a a kind of... Gnostic way, you really are, you just don't know it. But even if you say, okay, deep down in me, in ways I can't even perceive, I am and I confess my sin, then they might you might get cleansed and absolved of that. But then so that now so now you're you're now absolved of individual racism. But most of this isn't even about individual. It's about big picture, vague systemic issues. Right. And that's what, what Carrie's are you talking doing about. To end is, it? What are you contributing there, to end it? Well, first off, I want to ask not just for yourself, but for you know for everybody else, what message are you How will you out? change well, our well, system around well, so that I'm those unfortunate is, statistics are no longer is true? Is there truth to that claim, though, that when we say systemic uh, well, let, racism, me, let me say this. Is that true? Let me let me say this. Whenever I first, whenever all this first started happening, you know, I remember being upstairs and talking to my kids, and I'm saying, Do you, what's going on and all this kind of stuff? They And I say, what, what's it like at you guys' at schools? I mean, I must be missing something. And they said, Dad, there's nothing. I mean, we're we're... We were very surprised by all this. I mean, we didn't know that there was racism. There's not anything that we know of that's going on in our schools. And so my kids are young. They're in they're in high school, junior high. And so I know that it changes whenever you get in your 20s and maybe your 30s, and maybe they represent a different generation than anything we've encountered yet. And maybe it's a more hopeful generation from based on what she said. But here, here's here's what I look at. I was like, that's what I thought. That's because that's my that's my sentiment exactly is Wait a minute. I remember my dad. Um, I remember my grandpa, very racist, did not like the Japs or blacks, either one. My dad inherited some I, I of that. Japanese <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, be, I believe Japanese. That's probably not the proper nomenclature. <laughs> I think there we go. Maybe I'm maybe I'm carrying over. Michael. I didn't know. I didn't go know ahead. That, was a, that, that, know that, was a that, that in Chinaman, that, so. you ought probably just ought to no longer discontinue the use. Yes. I did not know either one of those were wrong. Yeah, they are. <laughs> anyway, carry on. But so you you got the you got them, and then you got my dad who carried over a little bit of that, and I saw it within him, and I was a slight bit confused. But here I am growing up in the 80s, 70s and 80s and I see it a little bit in my schools you know and so uh, whenever you get into the 90s it felt like there was a great movement a great uh, the, uh, what the 60s proclaimed the 90s started really showing the fruit you know I mean 60s made all these plant I mean you planted all this stuff and now here we are and we're growing and now we get to the you know the 2010s 2020s and you're just like all right, mm-hmm. we're, we're really doing good now. And the only thing I could think is to myself is this is awesome that we're doing so good. From from a Christian standpoint, from a human standpoint, there's a little bit of pride without all this stuff that's going on in the outside that wells up in me and says, I, for humanity, pride for humanity, and says, 
wow, this is really cool. We we can overcome the difficulties of the past to some a large degree. Now, whether you say everybody still has racism in them or whatever, yeah, I, I understand that. Maybe you can find little vestiges of racism, but that probably would be around no matter what forever. I'm talking about this stuff that really keeps people from well, keeps again. people from moving forward. And so here we are today, and we're looking at this, and we're saying, okay. How do we how do we engage in in uh, a situation to where you didn't even really a lot of people right. just well, didn't even know it existed? Well, because now I think the, the the claim is that you know racism is almost innate, and it is because you know if you are white, then it is necessary that even if you're not aware of it, it's necessarily the case that you are racist to some degree, or you benefit from white privilege because of the systemic um, the system. That has that was put in but place. See, are those two years different ago. things, racism and white privilege? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, they are two different things, but they're kind of in the same basket. But, but one the, can really exist without the other, right? Uh, yeah. But but the point is, is that, and that's what I'm getting at. For the first thing, I feel that that we could address and maybe answer is is you know is the question is there legitimacy to the claim that there is actually a system in place that the wheels have been in motion for hundreds of years now and that is what we're seeing we're seeing the end result of that now and uh, we as white people are beneficiaries of that system even you know through it, it's like just just through no fault of our own by accident of birth so is there some legitimacy to the claim that there is systemic, like a system, right. from slavery to Jim Crow to incarceration to drugs being filtered into right. urban communities via the sea, all, all the stuff, the claims. The, the only way to know that, I think, would be, would take a lot of pretty careful historical analysis. analysis. Okay. And unfortunately, you know, one of the, one of the many sad traits about the culture today is they don't really care about history that much. They care about it in small segments so as to kind of help the cause now. They, mm-hmm. they care about it in terms of like very loose statements. They don't know it. They don't care about it. It doesn't really inform them. So because, because we look back and we, no, no one's going to disagree about these things in history. I mean, the, right. is there any fool left on earth that would say, uh, slavery was made up, it never happened, right, no. man. Well, right. No, no mm-hmm. one, there's no slavery deniers, you know. Right. So we know. We know how ugly it was. We know how bad it was. We right. know that the untold miseries and sufferings and all this stuff. Oh, the, the country went to war. You know, Americans slaughtered a bunch of Americans sure. over it. So we know that we can easily, and, and later, Jim Crow's terrible. Yeah. Trying to, trying to reconstruct the South. Which, which incidentally, with all that was, pushback. Was and then the and government, then by civil the way. Rights, the, by the, the way, the, all right. of this was by law. But that's obvious. That's obvious. Oh, that, that oppression is so obvious. When you're telling people, you can't sit in those chairs. You got to go back there. Right. You can't drink from that fountain. Right. You can't come in this store. You can't come to this school. Right. You can't. I mean, what's more obvious than that? So that's yeah. clear and that's obvious. So now you got to try to draw a line through Are we history. Dealing with a residual. As Michael that? said, you get improvements and improvements and things get better and better. And then the church cleans house too, because as uh, I was, uh, you know, reminded the other day, listening to something from uh, Vody Bakum, pretty well known uh, <clears throat> black minister. He says, sure. he says, you know, in the nineties. He started getting invited to all kinds of stuff. And the reason was churches were really working hard of all denominations to try to address their past, to, you know what I mean, to do right by it. And and they were pushing hard for diversity, 
multi-ethnic congregations. Mm-hmm. So the church is, a lot of the church, more than the world will ever, ever probably recognize or give credit to, has been working hard. I mean, evangelicals are supposed to be evil in the enemy, but the fact is scores of evangelical leaders for the last 20 years or more have been falling over themselves to 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 work to be multi-ethnic to 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 have to have this racial reconciliation and and so what Vody Bakum says is he was like I was in demand like everyone wanted to know tell us about it talk about it let's do it we want to do this so in light of all that good that we're talking about and not to mention prominence of certain black leaders CEOs then supreme court justices you know, high-ranking officials, yeah. secretaries of state, and then a president, president. whose yeah. father was actually born in Kenya, right? Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. So how would it be that now you would go out on the streets and you would hear people say, this is a horrible, racist, hellhole, as if it's worse now than ever, some of them will say. Right, yeah. And there was a, some, some fool wrote something in The Atlantic the other day, and it was titled, The American Nightmare. Yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, is this like... You know, are you feel we under, like you're back. Are in we the under 1960s. Mao Zedong? Are we? I mean, who? You feel like we're just, starting all over. It's yeah. like, wait, we're starting from scratch again. And to answer your question, is this a problem? I mean, here, here's the way that I approach it: is I'm I'm currently trying to figure out whether it's a problem because I'm so blindsided by the the severity of this. And at first, it's like. Um, you know, I would have an answer for you real quickly. No, ask anybody. Everybody knows that it's not a problem. Then all of a sudden you get blindsided by, you know, uh, uh, the things of the last few years of woke and what's going on now. And then the, just how intense it's gotten. But, but, you know, some of this, some of this comes back and I, I know that this may not be an answer, but it, it feels very much like a, a bipartisanship within the, within the, uh, government that's that's what it comes down to the bipartisanship within the government no, liberals and democrats conservatives liberal or conservatives and liberal republicans and democrats and it feels like there is a wedge being dug that's deeper and this is being used to dig that wedge and so you have people who really really i mean i remember president bush and i thought i can't believe how much he's hated yeah. I cannot believe it. I mean, this is worse than it was with with uh, Reagan, and and I'm like, they cannot get any worse than this because you know he's made fun of nonstop, and I, I was like, we're never going to get a, another Republican in again because it looks like the whole country's gone that direction, and then we got Obama for eight years, and then I think it blindsided everybody because I think most of the people thought, okay, we're back on kind of this more liberal, more leftist agenda. Everybody agrees. Everybody's going in that direction. Once Trump got elected, it was just like the the biggest blindside for them because they thought something was going in a particular direction. And this is what we are suffering right now. This is what it feels like to me. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying initially, if you guys are trying to understand me, how how to talk me into it, understand that I've got... An initial understanding that this is just a Trump thing. This is just a hatred of a Trump, and you you've kind of got to talk me out of it, just like you got to talk. Yeah, I got to talk you out of it. Whatever it is that you're holding to. But I think you're pointing to something important here, which is a lot of this right now is about a lot more than race. Race is convenient for some people uh, because it's a train that you know no one can get in front of and stop. So if you, for example, are a total 
dyed-in-the-wool leftist revolutionary. A Bernie bro, you think the capital, down with capitalism, all that stuff. Like, I was noticing the, um, these, uh, there were these elite professors. <clears throat> there was an NYU professor uh, who said that, you know, the looting of all the stores um, was saying that, you know, that's about racial capitalism, racial exploitation at the root of consumerism and capitalism. So if you're if you're on any kind of bandwagon for um, pushing for socialism, wanting to upend all the, the whole thing, wanting to tear it down, start over, you don't get a lot of a hearing. It's like if people, you know, I mean, years ago people said you're nuts, whatever. Now you get a little bit of a hearing, um, but but even the Democrats, once they realized that kind of that part of the Bernie thing, yeah. they reacted against it, yeah. and they they were they ran away from Bernie. So if you're one of those people. Then you here comes the race train, because a black dude got murdered and ever and the world saw yeah, it. Yeah. So this is your chance, and you t- you hit your wagon to the to the unstoppable race train, mm-hmm. and you just throw in with it. And yeah. I think that and this is where it gets confusing because if you're like most of us and you read the full agenda of even like Black Lives Matter as an organization, I mean, they're they're. What they're about, what they're after, goes way beyond uh, race issues. Yeah, it's like you got to totally adopt the whole trans thing. Some of, some of their stuff is is to defund police. I mean, there's all this crazy stuff. They want the full agenda. So then when you say, "Well, I think that full agenda is crazy, yeah, and wrong, yeah, and would be terrible for this country, and I can't have it," the response is, "Oh, so so you don't think Black Lives Matter, huh?" Yeah, you know what that's I mean. The only thing that's the, the only option. Like they the give girls to you, that were. Uh, there, there was a great video of these girls removing. Uh, there was this federal building, and they were removing the spray painted. Someone had spray painted "Black Lives Matter" across this building, yeah. like vandals, you know. And and these girls are removing it. A couple of whatever teenage white girls were probably sent out there by somebody to scrub it off. Yeah. So this so this self important yuppie liberal white lady, not unlike not unlike uh, the one that was in the park for that other you know that yelled at the oh, guy. Oh yeah, yeah. This other lady who's just basically you know I guess they call them all Karens now you know. But this lady comes by, and in the video, she starts saying, "Why are you guys removing that? Why are you?" And they're like, "Uh, we were told that, you know, this is vandalism." We didn't. But why would you remove that? Well, because you know. And then she says to them, "No kidding." She says, "Oh, so so you don't you don't care about black lives? <laughs> this is not a good way for you guys to use your white privilege." She says all that stuff. Yeah. Now cleaning up a mess. And I'm thinking to myself. Right. You know, <laughs> me and my friend were it, talking about that the other night. Yeah, well, for, well, one of my first thoughts was, you know, someone needs to go to her house and spray paint down with pedophiles, and if she goes out to remove that from right. her house, well, yeah. guess what? Yeah. <laughs> what does that imply? Right. You know what I mean? So it's 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 absurd. I mean, people people self-referentially can't apply these things consistently. Yeah. yeah. And I see it everywhere. It's like, you know, uh, defund the police. What if we had a policy and said? Those who are for defunding the police, as of as a as a community, if you vote for that in your town, we will. And those who, what if we made it town by town, city by city, and then you can live according to what you like. Let's see. How, how do you think that's going to go? But, yeah, you have to uh, live but, in that town that you defund. But those people who carried a sign saying defund police, I bet you in the private ballot box they're going to check no. Yeah, that's what I think they'll do yeah. because they know better. And so there's so much hypocrisy. When you, you know, it's like, um, what was it? The what was it LeBron James is tweeting stuff because everyone's kind of got to show the world how how woke yeah. they are. He was tweeting about stuff, and I was thinking to myself, 
Now, this is the same guy who defended China a few months ago. China, which is numerically the deadliest, most murderous, the Chinese Communist Party is the most murderous political party in the history of the world. And also considering how they were treating black population in China during the COVID crisis. Right. Incidentally. And how they've locked up the ethnic minority Uyghurs and who are Muslims and put them in slave camps and all this. So, so... No one's taken to the streets for all those people. Did their lives matter? You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So there's a lack of perspective, I think. And but but again, if well, you try to if we start to talk about this in some settings, as you've learned, as we've all learned, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you will promptly be ridiculed as you will, and called the people every name. Who are on your side will stay silent in the background because they're scared. Everybody's scared. I mean, you put you post something on Facebook and it makes sense to a lot of people. They're not going to click like anymore. You know, they're they're ninety percent less likely to click like because they're scared that somebody will click on it and say, yeah. "Who liked this post?" Oh, I cannot believe she doesn't believe Black Lives Matter, even though I didn't even say anything about it. I wonder if you two get with this the agenda. I bet you two get this too. You say that kind of stuff, and and a lot of people are scared to agree with it. But they might private message yeah, you yeah, and yeah. tell you, uh-huh. hey, I'm right with you. Good oh, job. I've gotten so yeah. many of those. Uh, oh, wait. I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start naming <laughs> names, I'm baby. Doing, yeah. Yeah. Do- docs. Shout docs. out. Shout out to uh, docs on, <laughs> who docs liked on. my post in the background. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, with me, it's it's starting and it's trying to figure it out each issue. What is the current issue? What is it that is really at stake? And the first thing I look at, and I say, okay, I got to figure out whether or not cops are murdering or killing more black right. people than white and because that, that's the thing that sparked it all and then i'll work backwards and as i go through that i i personally i don't know about you guys but i personally have found no evidence at all even though it's so it, it's like to anybody else who i say i mentioned that i don't think that's the case they say oh so water's not wet you know, it's like right. you don't. They don't have anything to bring to you to argue it. And I say, well, well, what are your statistics, and how do you how do you counter this particular statistic? And they have nothing. Right, it's I've, never anything. I've had that same conversation, and and I've had it in more than one place where you know they put out statistics. By the way, I mean, the Wall Street Journal had one the other day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or the Washington Post had one even, and and where they've done studies in big police departments and. They never seem by the number, at least when you're talking about killing. Now, this doesn't necessarily say if you might get pulled over more. What what they usually have is anecdotal evidence, which which I think they're. I don't doubt that because I've known people who I totally trust. They're not. I know they wouldn't lie. Yeah. And they will tell you. I mean, they, they, there's they're not there's they have no reason to lie. I've known people who have said to me, "Look, there's no question in my mind that there's a certain cop on my commute. Yeah. He's pulled me over like six times." I mean, the, you know, and I, like I know a guy who was who was a, I think he was a professor actually, and he's black. And yeah. he said, but see, that was he said it's not the department that's doing this to me; it's a cop. He just doesn't like me. He sees me. Yeah. He sees yeah. me drive through this neighborhood every day. He's pulled me over multiple times. Yeah. Do do I believe that anecdote? You bet I do. Yeah. Does that happen to a lot of a lot of guys? Yeah. D, DWB as they call it, driving while black, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. But then when you but but ultimately you have if you're going to if you're going to riot and say we have a huge problem here that must be, then the anecdotes probably won't suffice because that's that's a bad cop here and a bad cop there. 
you if it's systemic, that means there's something well, you, at the department level. You've got to use your rationale. Whenever you're looking at this from the outside, you got to use the rationale. Just basic common sense that says this. Okay, we have every cop that we know that is doing this stuff. They have body cams on. They know what's going on. I mean, they they they're not they're not saying you know I, I even though I got this body cam on, I don't think it's going to get out there. You know, I or or I, I you know I'm going to kill this person, and they're never going to release this body foot cam footage. It's going to be they're going to be made to release it, and so it's like I, I I think to myself, man, I'd be really nervous about doing anything, but I guess these people just you know don't like him enough, you know that they're overcoming their fear about being fired from the department, and then the department releasing the body cam footage. Mm-hmm. That's how much they hate this particular race, and I just think that's. That's completely irrational. We don't have that many dumb people. I mean, we've got a few <laughs> dumb people. Yes, yeah. that'll do it. But we don't have that many. And so then you start to look at it. You start to look at the numbers. And the numbers don't really add up but to me. And I may be missing something because I go through all the all the things. How many people are killed? Uh, how many How many of them are white? How many of them are black? Um, uh, what What is this? What is the um, the the uh, well? What's the other? rationale that i have here <laughs> i'm asking you guys uh how many people are white or black and then finally how the many of them are violent crime offenders in which yeah but occurred. how yeah. many of them occur in violent crime yeah. which is the most important part who and, was pointing a gun at a cop oh, yeah yeah the other part one is the population you know how many people in america are white how many people are black but in the end when you plug all these in I'm not finding what they're finding. I'm finding the numbers are pretty even. Yeah, in uh, terms of percentage of people and all of that. Yeah, percentage um, of people then, shot by cops are right. pretty even. And I'm being honest because I expected it to go otherwise, but I wanted to make sure right. I was mm-hmm. assessing this well, correctly also, before I started, uh, you know, joining in on the protest on the streets. Right, and then well, then also you have to deal with people that are coming up with with because i've seen a lot of links to stuff on your recently you know with your recent post i've seen a lot of people po- posting links to statistics yeah and this and that and this and that but then i also see other people like for example larry elder with his statistics thomas soul Wal- you know what i mean walter Real. and these are prominent black thinkers well, every in time our culture you, it- and when we when we have their statistics somehow even though they're they're saying what you're saying yeah. you know somehow they're you know they're 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 not legitimate you know what i'm saying and it's their their character is maligned and they're called names Mm -hmm. they're called you know the the coon chicken george yeah um tom or whatever simply because they have a different view and they have and they're they're saying look here are the and that i don't understand yeah and i'm Mm -hmm. not feigning i am not feigning ignorance here i Mm -hmm. literally don't understand why they are not allowed to have their view and especially their own statistics that you seem to counter the narrative. Um, that that's a, I guess that's a well, separate thing, thing altogether, can, but the only thing I can come to after I, I get silence from everybody, you know, I post things all the time. I say, what do y'all think of this? And how, how do, how do you respond to this? If you're on this side and whenever I can't find anything across the board, I can't find anything on the internet, anything that, that takes the, the everything into account. Right. And and comes to the same numbers that they're coming to. Then yeah. I then the only thing I can assume, Carrie, the only thing I can assume is that they're wrong, that cops aren't killing, 
And that's the, that is the position that I have right now. I mean, I'm willing to be changed. I'm willing to plug in another piece of data because you have to have all the data, mm-hmm. right? I'm willing to plug in another piece of data like, oh, well, the reason why there's more violent crimes committed by blacks, uh, 50% of violent crimes committed by blacks is because people will call more on blacks than on whites. And so there's plenty of violent crimes going on over here, but you know they, they just call mostly on white. So, the, the, But the thing is, I, do, I don't have that stuff. I don't have that data. Nobody's ever produced that. There's no studies that have gone on. Uh, are you more likely, if you are a, a uh, black family, to call the cops on your crazy or, uh, you know, your drunken husband than a white family who has a drunken husband. If, you know, if, if those things came out, then there's lots more data we could plug in. I, but I, right now, all we yeah. can do is with, with, with deal Which with is I, the I'm data inclined, that we have. I'm inclined to think that that transcends racial lines and goes more to socioeconomic lines to where the poorer you are, the less inclined you are to call the police. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, again, this is anecdotal and it's just my experience and engaging people across the board in different classes, having all these different types of people in my life, I find that wealthier insulated people, black or white, are more inclined to call the cops than (laughs) than people. Yeah, those are trust factors. Here's what I got. The the only answer I got from this, and this is by a guy I respect as well, mind you. He said, well, Michael, I agree with you all the way to this. And this was a black guy. And he said, I agree with you all the way to this. And we got to the point where I said, the cops kill the same amount of whites as they kill blacks uh, in, in whenever there's a, a violent crime. And he said, well, here's what you don't know, Michael, is you don't know how many of those times that whites already have their weapons pooled and, white, and blacks are just going for their weapons. I kid you not. That's what it was said. Mm-hmm. So so the idea was uh, more whites, the, all the whites that get killed have their weapons drawn and are firing back or already right. getting ready to fire. And the blacks maybe, and this was just his assertion, was maybe – yeah. Uh, you don't oh, you know this. but that's not yeah. it's an yeah. argument from uncertainty yeah, yeah. it's an argument Maybe from they're, 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 they, they don't the have the one day. and yeah. i'm like okay I'm, I'm willing to consider that is that actual opinion that i have why is that is that there you would data even for that? think no, that i there's, don't i don't think there's data well not even there's that. not data there's just no reason rationally to think that at all well and, and look i mean what it really says is i don't i just refuse what it's basically saying is i just refuse to believe those stats yeah i just am so convinced that it's that it's got to be the other way that I for for this reason or that I'm just not going to believe it. There's got to be something in the mix that makes it wrong. And the, you, you, you know, know so. you know what the thing is. Whenever I'm talking to my black friends about this, I think this is good news for them. I'm excited to tell them. Yeah. I'm like, did you know you're wrong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. That's why I, I I present it to them as something that I'm excited to tell because Meaning I'm that, like that that fear could be eliminated. Yeah, you don't have to have that fear anymore. Like, well, it's like if someone told you if someone told you that um, during storms you have a you have a 20% chance of being struck by lightning. Yeah. And then they come back later and say, I'm sorry, it's only a 0.2% chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Guess what? That's, that's that, that should kind of make me feel better. And that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's good news. You don't have to feel like we haven't made any progress. And, you know, the Civil Rights Acts in the 1960s didn't make any progress. And look, here we are back in the same situation. It's good news in that that we, we do have this fundamental belief within the church because they're telling me, you know the church is completely racist as well that it's effective whenever you tell people they're all in the image of god and you've got all this scripture being promoted i know there's liberal churches i mean uh uh 
racist churches. I know there's racist people and all that. I'm just saying, in general. See, I don't know that there are racist churches. Well, I'm just I, saying. I, I see what you're saying. Or I, I think individual churches. Individual I think, churches. You know, um, at the risk of uh, maligning myself, <laughs> uh, Candace Owens. Uh, she is being roasted right now, but she has said there's this really great footage of her. I think it's from two years ago, and she's testifying before the Senate. Yeah, the Senate. Have you seen that? And she she goes on about white supremacy, and she said, if I had to list a top hundred things that are um, in some way affecting black America, white supremacy would not even be in the top hundred. Mm. She said the first thing is father absent, you know, absenteeism, mm -hmm. right. um, <clears throat> education, immigration, uh, and then uh, abortion. You know, those are the, 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 the things um, that are impacting the black community. And, um, and the thing is, she says that kind of stuff. And again, she's, her character that's it that's all that that that's the and, yeah and anytime black just people get called a name on that. that they get called names and and, I, and i'm seeing i even posted about this the other day on facebook i'm seeing an increase in white people calling these people these names hmm. and i think that that's oh yeah and i that is yeah. i that it's like Ridiculous. are they allies and so they get they get a pass to to it's like chris rock saying you can use the n-word at yeah. 3 a.m when you're being yeah. and he goes no you can't even use it then yeah yeah so how are these guys able to get away well it's it's look with, with we, we we know that we know that for a lot of people their their most um their most active work on behalf of the cause is basically virtue signaling yeah in other words that's the finger they've lifted to do something about this yeah. Yeah. is they is they virtue signal far and wide to the whole world but i think what you're what you're getting at with what she said is something that some people have been trying to say for a long time, and I mean black leaders, but nobody wants to listen to them. And when they say these kind of things, the L sharpness of the world start to, you know, throw fits and do histrionics and say a bunch of idiotic things. Yeah. So, for example, you know, we're talk when, when you're talking about statistics, so you go to cities, and unfortunately Chicago is the one that always gets picked on because they keep a lot of crime statistics, and their, their stats look so bad. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll show in a given year all these murders of, of, of black, mostly males, but some females too, typically younger, because a lot of it's gang stuff and whatever, but they say, look, now, if black lives matter, then I would think someone might want to be concerned about the body counts on those streets. Yeah. And and you know, it's not like all of them are terrible gangbangers. Some of them are just bystanders. Some of them are on their way home from yeah, school. A lot Some of, of them are living it's at people the wrong bus stop in the wrong house. Children the, shot in their bed. Yeah, yeah, that's bullets, right. That kind of stuff. Or it's a sure. kid who looks like one of them, but he's just he just he just likes listening to rap music and hanging out with his friends. He's right. not a bad guy, but he was at seven eleven and something bad happened. So when that happens, you know, they say that in Chicago it's something like ninety four percent of all the of all the young black men who are killed are killed by other black men. Yeah. Even even reciting those objective you're, facts you're called racist. Uh, will get people really mad when they, when they should care about it if they're so virtuous. And I think, you know, well, some, sure, it's like, it's well, like you know, you're fighting a, a war for, and you, you for got, your, that, by the you way. got your own army fighting each other and, and they're supposed to be fighting a war over here if that's the real enemy. And you'd say, hey. Let's quit fighting ourselves first, right? And then we can fight the real enemy. And I think I think this gets down were, to some basic beliefs we hold that differs from what would be considered more progressive ways of thinking. And that is, for us, the institutions 
that are most important. It starts with family, mm -hmm. then the church, mm -hmm. local community. It's it's a it's a few before you get to the big man, right. the massive state. Right. And we tend to be suspicious of the big state in the way that some people are suspicious of cops. Well, as a month ago gives a good example for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to be very suspicious of what's happening right. at a federal level so, and a state level. So, you know, the the debate that ends up happening is even among even among vocal public voices that are black, you know, the the debate will end up being on the one side, you'll have people who are your typical kind of left. They've been co-opted in kind of leftist, more Marxist ways yeah. of thinking. Yeah. And in their mind, um, this is all about the state. It's all about who's the president and the government. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And that's the solution. And that, therefore, what, what you whites need to do is vote the right way and give a bunch of money. Right. That's what you do. And then programs will fix it all. And, and the reparations can be given and all that stuff can happen. That's their side. That's that's what I think most of them think right. yeah. about how to solve it. And then, and here's the thing: you say that I just posted this from Body uh, that we're not seeing terrible things in our culture because we vote the wrong way. We're seeing terrible things in our culture because men love darkness rather than light. And at the end of the day, um, that's really what we're coming down to. And I have another quote that kind of. Uh, parallels that it's from Doug Wilson, who I love. I don't know yeah. if y'all read this, but it's pretty long. But I want to read oh, it. Oh, I, I read that this blog. Is, it was this fantastic. Is, this is going to get mm. down, I think, to what the heart of the issue is, and the heart of the issue, as with uh, all turmoil, is the heart of man. But um, this is just a snippet. He says, in an attempt to display their tribal affinity with George Floyd, the rioters went on to display their actual spiritual solidarity with Derek Chauvin. The rioters set out. The rioters set out to prove that they could be just as lawless as Chauvin had been, and mm -hmm. just as contemptuous of the standards of basic decency. And in this, they have succeeded. A lot of frustrated Christians from the old school understand instinctively that this kind of deep affinity is established not by the color of the skin, but by the color of the heart. Lawlessness answers to lawlessness, and all lawlessness is a sickly green. Mm. Now, I think that that at the end of the day, to shift over into how do we address this how do we assess this ultimately from a theological a biblical standpoint is the the root of the problem is the law the lawlessness of man mm -hmm. and and um the heart being being desperately wicked so how do we how do we address that and how do we you know do we are we going to say that that the the, the kind of the the first first few layers are the racial issues Mm -hmm. um, but really, it, it, the roots of it is the lawlessness. Right. So, I mean, and see, what's the best? The answer ultimately what is I liked, what? what the I liked, the gospel. One of the things that what I liked about what, what Wilson said, because I read that blog too, and here is, is there's an honesty there, there's an honesty component here. A lot of what's happening is people just lying to each other to make each other feel better. And so one of the things I like about what he said in this, yeah. and I'll read a little bit more, he says... Um, he says, you know, those who are together members of the new man in Christ must leave off lying to one another. When it comes to ethnic tensions between whites and blacks in America, my goal is to be the kind of writer who is known by his black brothers to be the kind of man who will tell them directly what he believes to be true. Because I love my br black brothers in Christ, I refused to blow sunshine at them. This approach stands in sharp contrast with white people telling other white people what they have been told black people want to hear. I cannot imagine what it must be like for a black evangelical surrounded by skittish white people who hasten to tell him their virtuous lies 
all the time. Hmm. And so what I'm saying is, you know, the one side in that debate sees it all from the left's point of view where government solves it. The other side, and I'm, and I'm talking here about black leaders. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but that's, that's who's going to get listened to and other people won't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They say there's something you're missing that has everything to do, that bullet point list of all those problems, which I totally believe those stats too about black kids dropping out of school, black kids having a hard time getting jobs, mm-hmm. all that stuff about median incomes, all that's true. I mean, there's no reason to doubt that stuff. But the question is, why? So if it's not just that the government can enact a policy to change it or or give them a bunch of reparations money, does anyone seriously think, let's let's fly, let's just fly money in helicopters and drop cash over Chicago. Come back in That's two years and it. everything's gonna be great, right? It's not gonna fix it. Right. And so so what other people say, so I'll give you a cut a little bit of what they say. So so here's what one of them says um, on this. Uh, from Berkeley, he says, the belief that blacks and school don't go together has its roots in slavery's refusal to let blacks be educated, but it gained strength in the mid-1960s when black separatism treated or rejected traits associated with whites as alien, and black students in this spirit began teasing their fellows who strove to excel in school as, quote, acting white, a much harsher taunt than just dismissing them as nerds. And and here's another one, uh, and similarly, so Juan Williams, you know, still commentator. Yeah, yeah. He says, um, he says, uh, rejecting the value of school has numerous consequences. Children end up not learning standard English, not writing well, and accepting the idea of failure. Uh, nobody, nobody talks to teachers, but teachers tell us that the language spoken by black children coming into classrooms is pretty bad. This horror show, a refusal to master the language and the learning, a lack of interest in formal schooling, an acceptance of a culture of failure is passed on to children and grandchildren as a legacy of being authentically black, when really it is a legacy of failure. And the tide of failure keeps rising, drowning soul after soul. This tragedy is then blamed on white people and on racism or on abandonment by the black middle class. Yet there is no leadership speaking out to black parents and black students about the destructive cycle rooted in a crippling culture that sells disregard for education. No one is sounding the alarm to say the house is on fire. And black people, especially poor black people, are being left behind in a global competition for jobs that demands the highest level of academic achievement. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. But do you see that a lot of the, what a lot of these black leaders are saying is, and this is where the church would come into play, isn't it? I think, I think this is my view here that a thousand times more effective than just the government instituting some programs. And I'm not saying that there is no, there, I, there could be conceivable programs the government does for sure and put some tax money behind them and maybe they'd be effective if they could be run well and all that. But I think the churches, if they really were given some freedom, if they weren't shackled and, and despised and everything else, but if they could get into the inner cities, right? Help, what if they could start schools that were better than just crappy school. Yeah. And what if they could change that culture mentality? See what I'm saying? It it starts there. Well, it's based to, upon to, a, to, a well, foundational starts- theology that the church moves toward. But you know, I think I think we can talk of the big picture and say, well, the, you know, the, the easiest thing we could say, and I hear often is the answer is Jesus. It's right? the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, answer but, is but, the gospel. And that's what like that. I was getting at earlier, reading those those particular quotes going into that direction. Yeah, but, but the, I mean, that's a, that's something we all kind of know, right? Yeah. And then everybody's trying to say the gospel differently. How does that play out? Whether you're woke or not 
work yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know what your what the people's listen to's opinion is on this, and which I, I imagine it's just going to be a bunch of people that already agree with us or slightly agree with us. Maybe some whites that don't agree with us. Maybe we have a few blacks out there, but. Um, I mean, here's what here's what you got to start with is whatever opinion you're at. Here's here's what I'd say. No matter what, if you're a Christian, whatever opinion you're at, have it with integrity, and I, I mean that. I mean it's like don't just come to it because you're overwhelmed by pressure you're because every news it. station is because every news station. I'm even talking Fox News is going to push you in this direction because all it's going to report is bad news as well. Now they may come up and commentate differently, but in the end, every news station is a sellout to bad news yeah. and it's a sellout to a perspective that is lost. And so, uh, whenever we do this, whenever we come at any bit of belief, any bit of things that we hold to and, and grab a hold of as Christians, we come to it with integrity, which means we don't just believe things. We have to research it, to it's study like, it, to try like, to understand it, yeah. understand both sides, and come let us reason type thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 we have ration we've used our rational minds. And loved God, honored God, and 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 followed God because we use our minds and we ask mm-hmm. questions. And even if you get ridiculed, oh, you don't believe you're a racist, huh? Well, that makes you racist. That's proof of it. Yeah. And if you say, oh, and you kind of cower and you finally say, I guess I better accept this because that's the Christian thing. No, it's not. No, that you, is definitely not. You question and question and question until you come to a firm conviction. And if you don't come to a confirmed conviction... Don't come to a conviction. You know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you may not be able to. Right. Maybe you'll never be able to get to a conviction. But be honest with yourself in your own understanding of whatever issue it is. And then you can be honest with others on whatever right. understanding of whatever issue it is. Right. Yeah, because, you know, we, we've talked on here about the related issue of, um, you know, uh, intersectional stuff. And yeah. there, there's a whole new yeah. religion. Okay, in a sense, yeah, it's a, you know, secularism has kind of had its day, and and now it's sort of given way to almost a new spiritual, weird, mystical, gnostic. Well, I don't know what you call we it. We came up a moral. Yeah, it used to be. It wokeness, used to be. It right? used to be wokeism. moral right. uh, therapeutic deism. deism. Now it's moral therapeutic wokeism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 we talked about how it really is Carrie. We, you joke about that, but that no, really it, actually is. it is. That's the reality because and the and the the terrifying thing is um, with this particular uh, mindset is that there's no grace. There's just zero. There's no forgiveness. There's, there's no, no atonement. Re- there's, there's no, no redemption. There's nothing. No way it's, it's just nasty. It's just it's just sin. You're, you're a sinner. And the thing is, you go out you go out in the public now. You go, if you went to one of the marches and you said, complete this, complete this phrase, ori- the original sin of blank. I, you know, I mean, I'd say ninety percent of them are all going to put the same word in that blank. Racism. Slavery. Oh, slavery. Oh, sorry. Because this has yeah. been part of, I mean, which right. is uh, essentially it's racism, but it's, in other words, the religion says that the fall of man was slavery. In the 17th century. And it's right. an ori- okay. the original sin. And, it's, and, and now all the white people have the mark of Cain or have the, you know, we have that sin nature because our first parents were slave owners in this original sin story. We need redemption. Now we must try to find atone for our sins. And how do you do it? You kneel, you carry the sign, you you post the black, you know, box on your 
You do all that you, 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 you give all the signals that you're and supposed to give. And you you wow. say, if someone says, do Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, you dang well better so say it's, it's Black Lives Matter. You say the right thing. It's you make confession. System, yeah. You go through the sacraments and you might get absolution. But as Carrie's saying, in the end, you don't really get the absolution. No, you get a absolution for a moment at least. You can't, like, yeah. Like, you get a pat on the back. Until you, until, you, until you do your duties. There's no, there's no forensic justification in moral therapy. But you know, as we talk about this though it's no joke because remember when we were talking a year or however long ago and we were talking about this this that college right the evergreen, evergreen college yeah. where yeah all the students and a lot of them were very privileged because very you know it's 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 a, it's it's a liberal it's arts a, school sure. it's a, so the most a lot of them it were, ain't cheap so yeah. they, were, they were black and white both there and but they were all pretty privileged kids i mean they like they weren't from the hard streets well they went nuts they got together they got so woke that they that they started demanding everything it was just crazy well yeah what I think we've been seeing here is something we should have seen coming, which is all of these kids graduate. And what happens when they graduate? They go into the workforce. Well, some of them might get into the real world. This is what we always hope. They get into the real world and they, they forget all that nonsense, you know? Right. And they get to real life and bills and, and taxes right. and, and life. <laughs> and they get wiser. But some of them go to work for places like the New York Times. And right. so I was reading this earlier to Carrie. So here are the le just less than a day ago a staff editor for the new york times and new york times you know it's way over to the left anyway i mean it's way over to yeah, the left yeah. uh they got a handful of token conservative writers i guess but anyway a staff writer started tweeting about what was going on because the of the, well the tom cotton so a senator had had, yeah. had written an op-ed that they ran basically it was pretty innocuous he was basically saying you know Hey, this thing done by this cop was terrible. Blah blah. He said. I mean, he said everything that would you would hope a guy would recognize. But then he said, "But the looters and the rioters, who he dis he made a distinction between them and yeah. the protesters. good protesters. Sure. But he said those guys are burning down our cities, and we can't do that. I mean, law and order has to at some point enter in. So he was making the case for the constitutionality of a presidential um, calling for the, uh, the national, uh, national guard. guard. Right. That's the only thing it was. Well. This was a bridge too far for yeah, a certain circle yeah. of oh, sure. super woke. How dare we run that? And some of them said, we're in danger. Because this is one of the code words. We are at risk because you ran that story. We're in danger. That endangers us. So this person, here's what she here's what she tweeted. She's a staff editor and writer for The Times. And she said, the Civil or War. she was. One of yeah, she may this. not be for long. <laughs> Probably not now. She said, yeah. the Civil War inside the New York Times between the mostly young wokes and the mostly 40-plus liberals is the same one raging inside other publications and companies across the country. The dynamic is always the same. The old guard lives by a set of principles that we can broadly call civil libertarianism. They assumed that they shared that worldview with the young people they hired yeah. who called themselves liberals and progressives. But that was an incorrect assumption. The new guard... As a different worldview, one articulated by the word safetyism, in which the right of people to feel emotionally and psychologically safe trumps what were previously considered core liberal values, such as free speech. And she says, I've been mocked by many people of the past few years for writing about the campus culture wars. They told me it was a sideshow. But this was always why it mattered, because the people who graduated from those campuses would rise to power inside key institutions and transform them. I'm in no way surprised 
by what has now exploded into public view. In a way, it is oddly comforting because I feel less alone and less crazy trying to explain the dynamic to people. But what I am shocked by is the speed. I thought this would take a few years, mm. not a few weeks. And what's funny is other people are really tweeting that around. So some some guy, some young uh, young black guy who's a blue check mark. I don't. Know, I'm not hip enough to culture, but he's called his he his name is spelled Camille. Anyone know uh -huh. who this is? Yep. <laughs> I'm not cool. yep. He said about that. Um, let me see. Hang on. It's it's interesting that he said this. I don't know. Again, I don't know who he is, but uh, here's what he said about as he re he retweeted what all that all that whole thread that she just did. He says, "I am personally." seeing this play out all over the place. It has a sinister, almost McCarthyite vibe to it. And that sounds sensationalist, but when you're on the wrong side of one of these contests, you'll understand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So He's now, right. It is McCarthy it is it is McCarthyism. It is at the end of the day, it's fascism. And fascism is the 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 I think the foundation for statism. And statism is ultimately contrary to christianity that the state itself is god and it's that's why we get it, it's it is, idol and it is another idol and it is ultimately lawless ironically mm -hmm. the state being god is anytime god is absent you're dealing with lawlessness and um i think for a rise in statism this may sound conspiratorial but i mean it could very well be they're instigating lawlessness on purpose do you see what i'm saying right, like right. The, to where the library at evergreen is now spilled out into the streets of major cities um and they just they have molotov cocktails instead of you know instead of snatching a mic away from a administrative staff and they can't be reasoned with either it, yeah there's no reason it's and it's problem. like no you're not gonna any and we, we like like you said we've done the the podcast on evergreen and, and the, but it's bullying you know well, one, and thing, it's, one it's, thing as well since we're talking about the response to them and i jotted this down earlier at least for myself it's kind of a personal thing for me and i put Along this way to truth, we have to be sensitive, loving, accepting, gracious, forgiving, and nurturing to those who have deep feelings of hurt and pain, whether it is legitimate or not. Healing always takes time, and preconceptions, whichever way they may turn, do not uh, uh, do not heal just because someone presents them with the right answer. The, but it is foundation. The right answer is foundational to healing. And so here, here's the thing that I think at least as, as Christians, we need to do is we, we don't come up and we say, ha, ah, you got it all wrong. Let me give you the facts. You know, and nobody's thinking just the facts because they're already hurt. They already believe this stuff. I talked to a girl the other day who said, and, and this was a friend of mine. I've been talking to her for four years. Who's a black girl. And I talked to her once a week for four years, at least. And she said, I wish you, uh, she held back for a long time. I was just, and I said, please just tell me what you think about all this. I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. And she was like, you don't hear him. You don't hear him. Finally, she gave him to me and she said, all right, Michael, I wish all effing white people would die. And I mean, I kind of got blown back by that. And she's like, I know it's wrong, but that's the way I feel right now. And I'm scared to death about things. And I was like, okay, these emotions are real. I'm not, I'm not going to jump in and just say, wait a minute, let me give you the facts and this will change everything. Mm -mm. It takes time because once these emotions are held to and embraced, maybe she doesn't want to embrace them. Maybe people do want to embrace them. I don't know. That's not my job to figure out your motives for embracing this. But my job is to be able to be there and be sensitive 
to your needs. And it's, it's kind of like you have to do with anybody else. I mean, whenever you're going, whenever people are going through something that you don't understand, you don't just jump in and you understand it. You say, this is the way I deal with it. So this is the way you should be able to deal, be able to deal with it. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, just write off whatever it is they're going through or have gone through. These are real things. And so I do think it is very important for us to approach this, this, this secondly, after we find the truth to approach it very sensitively. Right. And slowly, sometimes, instead of just touting victory, uh, whatever side it may be, or even touting, hey, I got the greatest news. You don't have to be hurt. Yeah. You know, it's too late. I already am. Yeah. I think you're totally right because a triumphalism where you're kind of trying to just win an argument. That's just contentious. Yeah. We've known that for a long, long, long time. Right. And and you know, today more than ever, um, I say more than ever, I think that's true. Maybe it's not. It seems like today more than ever, just your posturing or the vibe you give or you know how people think you feel is if it shouldn't be this way maybe but it makes such a difference i mean in other words it's almost there's almost a mantra now that says if two people are giving a point of view and one of them has all the best arguments and facts but comes off a little smug or something mm. the other one maybe doesn't really know what i was talking about but i feel like he has empathy I'm just going with the other one. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, how, yeah. and and that's yeah. that, that's part well, that's, of what that's the problem basically. is. Well, have, you ever, have everyone heard of courtrooms, scientism, science? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go in there and you say, "Hey, you can go over there and give the best argument, but if they don't like you, you come across that's smug." Like that's that exactly TV right. Show bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that and the thing is, like, and I probably. I don't know that I like say on social media, that's really where I do most of my engagement on, on I- any kind of issues. Um, I don't know that I come off smug. I probably just come off as a cranky old broad because I'm just so frustrated. We, we all come off a lot worse than we think we do. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, even worse than we think. So even, yeah, not a broad, but another B word, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it does get frustrating because, I mean, and as Christians, we do love truth. And when we see, or let's say when we feel as though the truth is being obscured, uh, we tend, I tend to get a little angsty and, and, and vocal and frustrated. And it's hard, I'll be honest, it's hard for me to be patient. Um, and it just, it's becoming increasingly so. Uh, to have, and even just to, I feel like even like, say if I have, you know, a a lot of young people are friends with me on Facebook and that's because, and I love all of them. And it's largely because they're friends of my children and they, you know, Carrie's the cool mom, which it never was, but that's what they think or whatever. But sometimes I'm reluctant to engage with them because I don't want to sound like I'm, but, but, but I think this morning I did, I said, well, what about this? And it's like, you, you can't even it's just walking on eggshells, you know, and mm-hmm. then it, and it's like I want to go in the other direction of like not only do I want to like walk on eggshells, I just want to pick the eggs up and throw them, you know, and just, you know, and that's a sinful reaction, you right. know. So I'm I just saying in my I guess it's confessional in my own dealings with all of this. I just get so angry um, because it just seems like it's like, why can't you see this level of unrighteousness and lawlessness? And that sounds so self-righteous of me, but it's just so frustrating well you know we don't get to and, pick the world we live in do we? we we don't get to choose our decade and what the society's like and you know some of us might be throwbacks to a time when people could just show up and do like bare knuckle debate without all the feelings getting hurt yeah and we wish we could live in that world and we but just we, don't we don't anymore and so our calling is to this one where 
for whatever reasons, for lots of societal reasons, and most of the reasons it just boiled down to sin, for all those reasons, we're stuck here yes. where you can't just tell the truth, where it's going to take this, ther- you know, we well, say therapeutic, th- there's still, a, there's a very right. pastoral therapeutic approach that has to be taken right. that's frankly really hard. Or what, or, or what Michael's saying holds so much weight, and it's just, if I would listen to that advice, which I probably won't, but I mean, if I would just listen to that advice and just say, you know what, and I tend to ha- have empathy, but with, well, and, with and this you know kind what? of stuff, but, you know, but to have that empathy. Not only that, but, but here's what I would ask anybody who's listening to this that's coming from the other side. If I'm wrong, have the same respect for me. I, I'm, I'm not meaning to be wrong. I've got emotions too, and you got to be patient. But the you but you, you got to lead with the truth. You got to lead with the the reasons. I can't bypass that, and you've got to understand. Well, that we can't as me. Christians. It would be sinful of us yeah, to bypass yeah, reason because we are to think. We're rational, moral agents, which mean we bear God's image. And if we are foregoing one aspect of that image, that's sinful to Him, and it's even ultimately sinful to the people that we're engaging. So it's just a matter of figuring out how to do this um, in a way that honors Christ. And, uh, you know, so I don't know, have we, have we accomplished that? Have we come to any kind of resolution on that? Cause we're on the, on the show today. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. I, don't <laughs> I think, think on the we show have. today, we've done the best we could we, I mean, yeah. in, in the world today. I don't yeah. know the, how far off that is. And I don't know what, What's around? I mean, we we've got at least we've got the end of the coronavirus. Can, can, what is it? Coronavirus. I, can, I don't even know what it is anymore. I don't, coronavirus that that we have hope for within the next six months right. or so. With this, it just seems like it's going to take a lot. The cannoli uh, virus you get from eating and, bad and Italian. Here's, here's the thing I'm scared of, guys. And I know I know Almost we're, we're, you said we're wrapping bad this Italian up. Food. I'm like, what? I know we're wrapping this up, but I, I mean, I'm not being prophetic here. But here's the thing that I am scared of. I am scared that this whole rioting stuff is going to calm down, but people will be on their edge Mm -hmm. for the next few months ready for something the next explosion and it's gonna be a lot bigger than this explosion come november that's gonna be that's gonna be the the election Uh, if trump wins then there will be a massive explosion or or how about this it'll be more right or if the prosecutors of this cop yeah don't don't get the job done and for some reason or another he were to happen to be acquitted then well, just look out. Let's pray for due process, by the Definitely. way. Definitely. Yeah, because we don't want to deny due process to Chauvin. As even if, 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 even due if it process creates, was denied to George even Floyd. Creates, I mean, at the end of the day. So of course we don't it was. Want, we don't want to, again, answer lawlessness with lawlessness. But I think your point is that this it's not it's not like, well, this will die down and the whole thing's over. Because it's been simmering yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if minds don't change and if people can't see clearly. And it comes back to what you said earlier. Some people, it's not going to come from us. This show's not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. No. I want, I'm in the conversation and I listen to you, you listen to me type thing, but somebody within your own community has to rise up. And I think there are people. There are, I think but, there are. And I let's just I hope that, that they stop being called names. Yeah, they, they, they won't stop being called names until it yeah. all changes. It's that that takes a while. They're gonna have to yeah. you know win this this battle. But they need to rise up. The the leaders within that community, the black community need to rise up. And and, and the church can hopefully can continue to sort of lead the way because as we know well, uh reconciliation between the races, it's already been accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Ephesians yeah. chapter two. two. Christ, yeah, through Christ. Theology 